0: It's the real world, it's the real world, world. It's the real world, it's the real world
2: The real World season eight, episode three. Shout out to everybody who's been watching, shout out to everybody who's been supporting, shout out to everybody that has helped us to get this far so far. Again, that's season eight. Who would have thought that we would have gotten so far? Remember, we started Kobe. back in 2018. All right, Peter Kobe. So, I'm your host, Ricard Gina. While well, I'm here with my co host, introduce yourself.
1: You already know it's the morning, only AI on the building. I'm your Instagram, A 11. You know, if you ain't no 11, ain't me,
2: man. And it's a special day for him. It's his birthday. Happy, happy birthday.
0: Hey, oh, celebration. Man.
1: Happy birthday. Hey. Um, how old are you now? No, I, was born, <laughs> I was born like Kobe, but you know, he's 25 now. Okay.
2: All right,
1: all right, all right. And I'm I here
2: think with. <laughs> facts. That's what's up, man. And we're
0: also here with my other co host. Introduce yourself, gentlemen. Hey, it's Kamil Hall. You know, I I don't got BK Truth no more. I had a phone issue, but man, they it said, ref, actually, I got a song out right now. Um, I want to yeah. dance with you. Oh, where? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So we're going to play Some that? Afro Soka, you know. No features, nothing? <laughs> no, nah, no features, man. Oh, straight single. This is this is personal. <laughs> okay,
2: okay. And we have a special guest for you guys. You see him up on the screen all the way from
3: Cali. Introduce yourself. Hey. Ricardo, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Robert. Yo, I'm a retired physician. And I'm going to tell you about healthcare
1: corruption today.
2: Okay, uh, okay, right. okay. We're gonna get a little bit spicy, a little get spicy. So uh, I got <laughs>
1: questions, man. I gotta get let's, let, let's keep it cold, fellas.
2: Okay, so let's let's dive more deep into your history. You said you're a retired physician. Tell us about um what school you went to, your medical background and what you practiced and for how
3: long. Okay. So we could go back all the way to Boy Scouts where I was an Eagle Scout, but I don't think it's all that relevant. <laughs> what I've done in the last four years since I retired was uh, develop my ideas about how corrupt medica- medicine is. And I, I studied and I studied. And what originally, uh, you know, I was actually a cosmetic surgeon. I did training some training in internal medicine and also in dermatology. But I ended up my career, the last 35 years of my career as a cosmetic surgeon. So so plastic uh, surgeon, you know what the you know T&A business is, right? No. Explain.
0: Okay,
3: well, I'm going to let your listeners sort of figure that out on, on their own because this is a GP uh, podcast, right? Mm-hmm. T&A business. That's what I was in. One of them, oh, okay, the okay, okay, NWS. okay, okay. So, okay. So anyway, I was... KFC, talking KFC, body. KFC. The T&A. Yeah. Okay, so but my story is that I am Rip Van Winkle. I was asleep for my whole career He's the my whole life guy. until five years ago. <laughs> yeah. And five years I, I was ago, just about to say five years ago I woke up and what was to going, going on and the landscape had changed utterly. I mean it was just it was just a mess. There was all this all these payoffs by um, these huge medical corporations, the doctors were sort of all bought off, the standards were bought off. And I, I I couldn't believe what they were doing to people. I mean they were they had twenty percent of the whole country on psychiatric medications, <clears throat> probably fifty to seventy percent of the country by various estimates were on prescription drugs. And that's absurd on the face of it. Our health had deteriorated. We have we have are spending twenty we are spending twenty percent of our gross domestic product, which is twice per person what other countries spend, twice what Canada, England, Australia. And so on. Spend on healthcare, and Singapore gets by with 4.5 percent of their gross domestic product. We spend 20. It's incredible, and we have a horrible product. We have, we have, we're like number 40th or 50th in the length of time we live, and we have all kinds of chronic diseases. We have obesity. We have all these autoimmune diseases. It's terrible. And so I got into this thing, and step by step, it uh, kind of started to see the matrix and. I mean, mm. it's, it's a sad story. And what I did was I finally, after three years of working on it, because, you know, the hardest thing in life, for is to change your own mind, right? Mm, the second hardest it. thing is probably change somebody else's mind. But it's I had to change way. my own mind about what I'd done my whole career. And I published this book called Butchered by Healthcare. And you can see there's a guy with a white coat with his head cut off there and a pile of gold in front of him. And that's what healthcare is today. Wait, wait. And it's
1: not it's, um, it's there.
3: Let's stop there, right? Because that's
2: very ironic. Yeah, botched good. by healthcare and used to be... Butchered. Yeah, butchered by healthcare. Well, botched, butchered. and Yeah, same thing. <laughs> ironically enough, you used to be a plastic surgeon and that's what you used to do.
3: Well, plastic surgery is sort of outside, or cosmetic surgery is sort of outside the usual income stream. Uh, or at least... Part of it is the kind that I did. I didn't take any insurance payments, oh. but the real money in healthcare so care is to payments. get paid by insurance companies.
0: Mm.
3: Uh, now I, was, I was a cash practice, you know, oh. and I I got paid reasonably well, but it was it was very difficult. I mean, there was a lot of problems. And, Ricard, if you had to guess about my problems, mm. it all boiled down to one thing. What's that? And I'm going to tell you what it is. I want you to try to guess what it was. Money? Women. And it was all women. <laughs> uh.
1: I didn't say that. It out of
3: this podcast. I don't, don't let your wife hear that. she knows that she worked in my practice with me, and she was sort of my woman wrangler. She was able to um, Get to you communicate wind? with them, which I mean I don't know whether you you communicate with women, but I have a hard time. Uh, so she was able to communicate with them and convince them uh of what was reasonable and what wasn't reasonable and and that's not an easy before, job, before I BBL right? Sure for BBL.
1: Have and you it, ever done BBL surgery before?
3: EBL. No,
1: BBL. BBL surgery. Bravo. Oh, bravo. Yeah
3: that's right. Yeah that was my, <laughs> that my name that's <laughs> is you.
1: Oh some, some see that ladies we got, got the doctor for
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> say that again, say time. that again. You suck the fat out of the front and put it in the back. It's an arms race out there. You know what the nuclear arms race the Russia and the United States tried to get more and more uh, nuclear bombs and all that? Well, the women try to get bigger and bigger parts of their body, right? Either the yeah. back side or the front side. And so and some, of them have, some of them get so crazy about it and the surgeons get so crazy about it it becomes a WTF factor instead of that looks nice factor.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: So, Doctor, yeah. let me ask you a question. Why are these women getting such enhancements? Like,
3: what's the what's the return on that investment? Well, the return on the investment is somebody will marry them and, and have their kids with them and uh, live <laughs> <and, you know, laughs> together the rest of their lives. It, it makes their whole uh, thing, you know? Oh, so so you know. So, they're trying to get money. Who's nice-looking uh, nice woman is a very proud, uh, very... Very powerful. They're credible. You believe what they say. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great thing for them.
1: So your yeah. the body is the investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah. for some of them. So What's what? For money then? For yeah. money. Well, let's not get that cynical. Maybe it was for love. But it is <laughs> for love. It, what would you say for the ones that get in the bad environment though?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry, repeat? What would you say for the ones that get in the bad environment? Because we all know if you're in the wrong environment, that's a bad investment, right? That's accurate. Yeah. If you're in the wrong environment, you're in trouble.
3: Who's this guy on the right? I'm starting to see your friend over here with the, the t-shirt, the white t-shirt. Oh, me, I'm Ace. Yeah. He's Ace.
0: Nice. nice to meet you. Yeah.
3: Like
2: There's a couple people darker.
0: in the studio. Yeah. it's Ace. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Come <laughs> on, yeah. I have a question for you, doctor. Um, How do we deal with um prostate cancer? Cause it's, it's, Okay. Yeah.
3: Prostate cancer is generally, the problem is overestimated because because when you're 70, 70% of us get prostate cancer. It's more common in black people, right? But 70% of us get prostate cancer by the time we're 70. However, only 2% of us die from prostate cancer. So the urologists have all these things they do which are an overreaction to the size of the problem. What they do is they've got this habit of sticking their finger up your backside. (laughs) (laughs) It hasn't hasn't been a a very successful thing Mm. because what happens is if they feel any lumps there, then they go on and they stick a a large needle up your backside and take a piece of your little bite of your prostate, Mm. and then they send it off for um, analysis. And they they claim that the prostate-specific antigen test, which is a blood test, is a good indication. If it goes up a little bit, then that's a good indication to mm-hmm. um, to stick their finger up your backside and do biopsy. Well, the problem is they don't have good treatments for prostate cancer, right? They do this thing called a radical prostatectomy, and that operation, there may, the way it's used currently, is a failure because they apply it sort of indiscriminately. I suppose there are a few people that might be reasonable for, it, but the problem with that operation is it you lose your ability to hold your urine in about a, a quarter of the cases or 20 yeah. percent of the cases yeah. and you can't you're impotent you can't get an erection in about 20 percent of the cases so yeah. this thing yeah. yeah. makes, your, makes your penis shorter the ultimate oh, yeah. <laughs> <That> <laughs> a, you, guys, the, you guys have some extra length on there but i can't afford the <laughs>
1: I will tell are part my life. on your podcast.
3: Yeah!
1: Try to follow the
3: you You've too far. Is <laughs> <laughs> that too far? Yeah. It's so, <laughs> all right. got right, to get back to the point. The yeah. um, they have this treatment for uh, metastatic or spread prostate cancer, which is another disaster called Lupron, and that is a testosterone blocker. So, what happens, you guys, if I block all your testosterone? Well, how do you feel? We, won't, what be men. Your lifespan?
0: we won't be men. We, we won't be men. It makes you feel terrible and you live longer. You live
3: short a shorter period. So, you need your testosterone. They block the testosterone and they don't die as much from prostate cancer, but they die of other things. Mm. And we've got this guy, Otis Brawley, you may have heard of him. He is the last head of the American Cancer Society. He's a brilliant black commentator about medicine. And he wrote a book. Um, let me see if I remember the name of it. It's uh, it's anyway, so he wrote a book and he thought <laughs> that we're using far too much lucon and that probably if we didn't use all that testosterone blockade, the people would they would die more of prostate cancer, but on average they live longer. Wow. You know? So it's prostate cancer is a real conundrum. And if if you or your loved ones have prostate cancer, mm-hmm. I would recommend Picking up, and you can get this. <laughs> <laughs> a, look, laugh at me all you will, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not a money making machine. I'm breaking it on all my. You're not a money making machine. machine.
2: Are you sure, no, no, Doctor am
3: Well, I'm, I'm trying to. My I'm phone. trying to help out. I need more career. Okay, okay, but wait. This we'll thing is this. three dollars on Kindle. Mm-hmm. Okay, my other book is three dollars on Kindle.
0: Okay, they're cheap.
3: Oh, two books. So If you, if you have prostate cancer or somebody, read. It. Butchered by healthcare first. Read the section that has to do with urologists and prostate cancer, and start looking. and And I've got 500 references in there. Look, look deeply into it before you make any. There's no freaking emergency on any of this stuff.
0: I hear, because um, my father and also my wife's father, she, they both had that like natural herbs. Um, my wife's father, he lived for 14 more years after. Finding out he had prostate cancer off natural yep. herbs, no, none of the um, chemo and so on. My father, hmm, he's still going on um, twenty years so far with it.
3: Yeah, almost. We almost all get prostate cancer. You guys are going to get prostate cancer, mm-hmm. but if you need it, not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying
0: to wish
3: Yeah, you're seventy. I'm sixty-eight now. When I'm sure I got prostate cancer, but I'm not letting anybody stick a finger up there or do anything else.
2: That's, that's a pride.
1: <laughs> Keep that pride, brother. And you don't know
2: until they tell you, anyways, until yeah. you're diagnosed. The same thing well, with psychology. What
3: they do is they draw this blood test, which is not very good, and they use that as an excuse to stick the finger up there and then biopsy. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, this is a futile effort. It's, it's not a it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. It it basically causes more trouble than it.
0: okay that's good to know thank you for that so there's more more
1: benefits but yeah
0: earlier,
2: earlier dr yo you said something about you're not a money maker and i said that's not true because you used to do cosmetic surgery and from doing that you they would become money makers off the work that you made on them
1: or or the work that you did
2: on them. Yes.
3: And you made money the off it. The, the women are money making on the work I did on them.
1: Yeah. yeah. be true. But you make money too. You have a very big impact. <laughs> I don't, on think, Only I don't think I did many hookers regardless. I <laughs> <laughs> in there. You never know.
3: You know. Yeah. Especially, especially <laughs> you had a cash business. Yes. <laughs> everybody's selling something. So Maybe it's like you got selling. straight That's profit. True. Yeah. That
1: you didn't have true. to deal with no taxes.
3: I mean. So. So yeah, I I mean, I had a great career, but I've been retired for three to four years, and so you know, I mean, I made enough. I didn't get rich. I made enough, so with my social and all that, I I retired early, you know. And I, my wife, my wife and I live. You know, we we're not jet setters by any means. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: we're
1: very comfortable. Yeah, we're
3: comfortable. Hmm. But I'm doing something that's important, and I'm trying to I'm trying to educate Educate the masses about medical corruption and more uh, specifically, I'm interested in educating them about what we're going to call the fungus. Mm-hmm. Right? The fungus among us. So what if right? they come Which after is, you, though? What? Like, they come to take you out? <clears throat> well, Ricard, if there, if people in my age group can't stand up and tell the truth, mm-hmm. who can? True. What true. do I have to lose? True. If yeah, they I mean, knock true. me off, I've lost 10 years of my life. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I basically, I don't think there's a lot of that going on. <coughs> I, I think if we went in another country, maybe. But in I this country, there that. are a lot of people like me that are standing up and speaking out. Yeah,
0: we need that. And,
3: and they, you know, they're not going to take out all of us. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. You, you, the you, you make that joint like I'm. I'm obscure. You know, I'm. I'm a. I'm a small animal. I'm a smaller animal than you guys.
0: Mm. I appreciate you guys that you wrote a podcast. book.
3: I mean, I, my podcast only gotten. Maybe 8,000
1: downloads total. And I've done 50 episodes. That's mm-hmm. not bad.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not well, <laughs> it doesn't sound very good <laughs> just,
1: No, that's not bad. That's, that's he, decent. He's used a bigger number, so. <laughs> I think
3: I just got a bat on the head from your associate there, regarding.
2: <laughs> 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 All right, so tell us more about why you, so you you're so passionate about this, because... Every time I speak to you, you're so passionate about it. You just go off on
3: the subject. So tell right. us why. Okay. And remember the so, codes, please.
0: The
3: codes. So I got started. I got started. I was just, you know, shuffling my way through life. And I was doing these boot jobs and liposuction and the, the what do you call it, the uh, fat transplants. DBS. And, mm-hmm. and I was nearing the end of my career. And for the last 10 years before I retired... I prescribed hormones, right? And I got interested in this, and I here here's a book I wrote about that, it's called Hormone Secrets, right? And mm-hmm. see this mask on the front of this book? This is a four foot mask that I found in a Mexican restaurant in Houston. And here's a picture of me standing by that mask. Isn't that crazy? It's a four foot huge mask, and so what I did for the cover of my book is I had an artist put the names of the hormones on that mask. What does it represent? That mask is what, I'm going to be politically correct here, that mask is what either a woman's or man's brain is all about. It's all about hormones. Now, there's some in this audience here, like you guys, might think that this is primarily represents women, but I can guarantee you, your hormones are important to you, too, mm-hmm. you know, your testosterone preserves your lifespan and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so I got into this thing and I realized that the FDA had put these special warnings on hormones, the black box warnings. And while there are some things to be careful with when you prescribe hormones, they're the best drugs we've ever had in medical care. We've had thyroid for 120 years. We've had experience with estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone for 50, 60, 70 years. And we've had experience with growth hormone for 50 years, 5-0. So these things are very helpful. They cause few problems. And we had these black box warnings claiming that they caused cancer and blood clots and all kinds of other things, uh, which were just a pack of lies. And so that's how I originally got into uh, you know, the uh, healthcare corruption thing. I started looking at various uh, uh, areas in healthcare, and I realized that the whole thing was all about money, and it wasn't about making people better for the, for the most part. I mean, that's not entirely true, but what I discovered and this is common right off the top of the entire four trillion health care bill. The hospitals, which are at least a third, maybe more of U.S. health care, and they're they're just absolutely ruthless. Um, and I learned about Big Pharma, which is the most criminal industry in history. They've lost eighty-six billion in judgments and settlements to civil plaintiffs and U.S. federal prosecutors since year. Since 2000, and they have thousands of criminal records. How
0: much you say? How much? How many
3: Billions. Eighty-six billion dollars <coughs> in and settlements they lost. <laughs> but, but imagine I what their gains I are. That's what they lost. No, no, their gains are phenomenal, and these, <laughs> these are these are pocket change for these guys. Yeah, It's yeah, a 1.3 trillion dollar industry right now worldwide. It's how yeah. new the medical to sell right. drugs, right? Basically. They sell drugs. And so they drug they, deals. They've, they've, they've had, three of them have had more than $2 billion in single payoffs. And, then, and these include Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and GlaxoSmithKline. Uh, Pfizer had a... Wait, three wait, three wait, days. wait. You
2: can't say the names. you got to use PP and LL and JJ, stuff like that.
0: Okay.
3: That's okay. for future reference. <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. allegedly. Yeah. No, this is no allegedly. <laughs> I know, I know, but we <laughs>
2: gotta say allegedly. Yeah. Because we don't know. But I would
3: say allegedly if there, if, there, if it wasn't well documented. This is historical. I know, but you know that the the over,
2: the overlords.
0: <laughs> but um, we're
2: basically trapping on someone else's block. Somebody followed their rules and regulations.
0: Are you saying that they're changing these, um the drugs is to change hormones?
3: Well, I'm saying that the hormones are run down because they want to sell patent drugs that are much more expensive. Okay. See, hormones can't be patented. That's the main thing. Okay. Why not? It's the law. It's part of your. you They can be patented if they're not natural. If natural means they're part of your natural biochemistry in your body.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But, but anyway, so they they run these things down, and I mean it's ridiculous. I mean these are some of the best drugs we've ever had. I mean the the if. Listen to this story. You're not going to believe this report. Um. If we put all the women over 50 on estrogen, it would prevent 85% of the Alzheimer's. <laughs> just think about that. Um. Now that you're not going to believe without looking at the references. So what I did in Hormone 85. Secrets, I put an appendix in there with 75, re- uh, 75 references about what I just said. Okay? Now it may not be strictly true, but it's close to true, and we don't use estrogen as much as we should. It's outrageous, and you know, Alzheimer's may be the most expensive disease in America if you count costs of long-term care. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's, nice. Everybody has a auntie or someone who has Alzheimer's. Yeah, my grandparents had them. I mean, so, what's stopping people from taking these hormones?
2: Like who? Like what's stopping them?
3: Well, now the way the doctors work is they sense. The Affordable Care Act, uh, everyone's kind of gotten into being a corporate doctor. Hmm. There are few independent doctors anymore. And we have, we now have these standards of care that are developed by um, the drug companies, essentially, through doctors that are paid off. Now, I know that sounds like a big stretch, too, but that's the way it works. They all have these, quote, conflicts of interest. In other words, they're on the freaking gravy train from the drug companies. now. <laughs> Psychiatry is a perfect example of this. We've got this thing called the DSM. It's like a yellow, uh, kind of a bible of I'm familiar. Are, you've heard of that? Yeah, I'm so, actually a psychotherapist. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're a psychotherapist. You know all about it. So that thing is developed by doctors on the pay of big pharma. Yeah. Almost entirely, and it's jokingly called the billing bible because it defines, you know, whatever, whatever crazy nonsense they, they put together for, a, you know, for a diagnosis.
2: Basically, and you have to diagnose a client in order to get paid by insurance.
3: Yes, exactly. And the diagnosis are absolutely constructs. They it could mean, change at any time. You're probably aware of this regard. Yeah. They almost have no placebo control. They almost have no sugar pill control trials for any of those you know, Prozac, Ritalin, atypical antipsychotic like Zyprexa, there are almost no placebo-controlled trials for those drugs. And so what what we have is we have a group of people who are operating autonomously, and that's the psychiatrist, based on their word about what's going on, with no science behind it, and they're prescribing some of the worst drugs we've ever had. They're tremendously addictive. They don't have opioid-style withdrawal symptoms. You know, you don't get the sweats and the shits and all that stuff. But they are... You get tremendous anxiety and depression if you try to withdraw from these drugs. It takes months to years to get off of them, and if you've been on one of these Prozac-style drugs, SSRI-style drugs for years, it's almost impossible to get off of them. I mean, it's just you might as well just forget about them and take the damn things.
0: I have a question about a drug that's you know booming in our area. Um, marijuana. I feel like whenever something starts becoming legal, it must be good for the healthcare society. You know. What what is the thoughts on marijuana and hormones and so on or depression? Well, I
3: you know, I'm no I'm no expert on marijuana. <laughs> but I you know, it's my belief that the studies on marijuana are done by people with a great interest in marijuana. So I, I I think that it's not as credible as everybody gives it credit for. And I think that if you if you have limited limited means and abilities you're smarter to stay away from something that might take a little bit more out of you. You know what I mean. So I, I'm not, I'm not a real big fan of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you can find all kinds of studies and everything else that say it's, it's miraculous, and yeah. particularly for chronic pain, and it probably works pretty well for chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's, I think it, all these drugs take something from you. you. You know what I mean? In other words, they, they, they cut off a corner of your personality and. And marijuana must do that to some extent. It's mild compared to a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly we don't have the fatalities from marijuana that we have from alcohol. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, so that's just 10 That's my 10 cent opinion on marijuana. I'm sorry. Okay. It's not worth much more than that.
0: No, I appreciate it. You know, you have years of experience, so I would take your advice.
2: <laughs> what made you retire from being a doctor? Because I see now you put retired,
3: retired. everywhere, <laughs> even on the books. Right. So I had, I was sixty five. So that's the average age of retirement of physicians. But that? You don't look sixty five. You don't look sixty eight. Actually, I'm wow, 68. you look good but for your I, you, I yeah. got some, I got some hair dye in there, guys. Oh, and there's also <laughs> some hair transplants. Oh. So you got, those are transplanted. Oh yeah. And, and otherwise, I wouldn't have any hair in the front. Oh and okay. I'm on hormone replacement. It 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 also it. Helps. Oh, hormone replacements. Oh, so you yeah. take the hormones for yourself. It keeps you younger? It definitely helps. And I'm convinced it helps you live longer. And it helps you maintain your muscle mass and all the important things about being a man or a woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and it, I tell you, it's helped me a lot. But the the experiences I've had with women, they've been near miraculous. I mean, I could, I could read a couple of my... Uh, testimonials from Hormone Secrets, if <laughs> you want to focus on that, I mean, it's, it's, it really is amazing. <laughs> he, you know, I gave, That's I had it, a, a cosmetic surgery practice, so I gave them a chance. <clears throat> by the time I quit, I, all my patients were over 50, and so these women were just being tortured by the change of life, and so I I gave them a chance to try hormone therapy, because what I would do is, I said, look, you're paying me for this surgery. Um, I'm going to put a pellet into your belly button area. And if you, if you want, and you understand what, what you're getting, and you want to do it, I can get rid of your hormone um, lack of hormone symptoms for a few months. Yeah. And so I offered them that, and the ones that were interested and understood, I tried that, and they, they really did well. I mean, it was amazing. I can, uh, here's a quote. Mm-hmm. I could live without my husband, children, or cats, but I could never live without my beloved estrogen. That's from, a, from the other <laughs> times. <laughs> you know, oh, wow. And I mean, this is more yeah? than I like about testosterone. Uh, this guy's name is Stephen. He's an 82 year old, retired CEO of a major media company. He said, I had lost all strength and I was sitting in a wheelchair in a Palm Springs nursing home. The staff had to lift me in and out of bed. I was inches from being snuffed out. Then my doctor started coming in every week and giving me testosterone shots. In six weeks, I stood up and walked out of there, back into my life. Mm. So, I mean, it, it can be a remarkable, remarkable thing. So how do you take the I, testosterone? i got dozens of those in my, in my uh, book, Hormone Secrets. How do you take the testosterone? Is that also through the stomach? Well, you can take it with uh, cream, uh, mm. but you have to do it twice a day. Cream? You do what you oil. mean with cream? What you eat it
0: rub it on your skin, or you mean? Rub it on your skin. Oh. And
3: or you can take it with injections. Now, the injections cause the levels to go kind of up and down, but you know <coughs> you're getting you, you know you're getting the drug. So I think the injections are usually preferable if you can stand a needle. If you're scared of it and you want to start out with a cream, you can do that. I mean you guys are too young to worry about this. Right? What about I'm the cold? pills? <laughs> okay. Aren't there pills? There's no pills. No pills for testosterone.
2: So what about those commercials that says testosterone pills? Like now, well, now it's I,
3: popularized on the commercials. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that, but um, there's no effective oral testosterone. I mean, for, for women who are elderly and who need very little testosterone, there is a pill for them, right? But for the kind of doses that a man needs, which is 10 or you know 40 times what a woman needs, um, it just isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. How often do you need to take them? You need to inject yourself. Uh, it might be best twice a week. Use use a half dose. Most people do it once a week. Man, that's like shooting heroin. And it's not it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. cool. You get you, how old are you guys? I'm thirty three. I'm twenty five. Forget this. Thirty. Yeah, you're 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 young, stubby guys. You don't have to worry about any of that. The trouble with you is it will destroy your fertility, right? With somebody who's sixty eight like me, that doesn't matter. Mm. So oh, there So there are good. exceptions to what I say, but you you need somebody experienced to evaluate you. Let me I forgot to do my disclaimer at the beginning of this thing. Let me just give you ten seconds disclaimer. Mm. This is not medical care. I'm not your doctor. I I'm no longer practicing. And if you have a problem you have to go see someone with a license. Yes, so there sir. you have it. But you
2: could still perform surgery, right? No, 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 no I
3: No, no, no. Not
2: <laughs> not legally, but if you had to, you would. To save a well, life,
3: if somebody put a gun to my head, <laughs> it would be easy for me to do it. So I'm not going to. I'm
0: not going to price medicine. Yes, I understand. understand. Um, any well, you said um, testosterone and hormones are. Well, I'm I'm big on the prostate cancer thing. Um, any natural foods that would just be um good for you in terms of boosting testosterone?
3: Cause oh, okay, so mm. the, the best thing to improve your hormonal health is good nutrition and the right kind of exercise. And what I'm talking about with the right kind of exercise is weight training. Relatively difficult weight training, but mm-hmm. it, it can, you can do it in 45 minutes twice a week. You just, it has to be a little intense and that does good things for your, <coughs> you know, and you guys okay. at 35, yeah. I mean, your, your bodies respond rapidly to that. Mm-hmm. As far as the diets go, you may be aware, and this is in Hormone Secrets, I've got a couple of chapters about diets, right? There, mm-hmm. There's our our mask, our get mask with all the hormones on it again.
0: Any reason um, why you put on um, testosterone at the top and estrogen, or is this random or?
3: <laughs> well, it, it's a very important, and testosterone gets broken down to estrogen in a woman's body. So actually, when I had the permission of my patients, and they were over fifty, and they had menopausal symptoms, hmm. and they wanted to try um, hormone therapy with a pellet that would last three months. I used just testosterone, and that got broken down to estrogen, and that relieved many of their symptoms. I mean, they really, really felt better. And if your listeners are interested in referrals, they can go to my book, and there's several organizations who have that which have uh, hormone doctors they can do this for
1: for you for free. Yes. What is that? for free? Oh no. No, no. Come on. Yes, generally
3: the insurance He's a businessman because this kind of medicine has been cast out by standard medical medical uh, uh, practitioners and the, the 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 FDA and the drug companies have conspired to put these black box warnings on these medications, oh. which is it's a real it's a real travesty. Black box warning means you could get cancer. You could get blood clots. Um, you know, it, it's, it's it could get heart disease, and that's those are the three. Has it's it just crazy. They they improve a lot of that, but like I say, there's there there are, are, are subtleties here, and you have to study it. And ideally, you find someone who's good at this and knows the knows the field. My group was called WorldLinkMedical.com, and and you can find doctors uh, to. Re- to go to from that group there's another group called a4m american academy of anti-aging medicine mm-hmm. and they were less i as a group they were they were more mixed you know they weren't trained all the same way like we were
2: mm-hmm. so what's your thoughts on on the fungus amongst us
3: the mushrooms that bloomed okay. and that caused so, so much this chaos? Is my the last year i've been focused almost exclusively on this and i mean it it's a disaster. And the the fungus itself has been overestimated and the problems have been greatly exaggerated by various means and there has been a huge conspiracy to suppress therapies which are which would the therapies would decrease fatalities by eighty five percent. That's the general consensus. And that's been the experience of the people that have used um these therapies. And then and then there's the issue with the jabwalkie, which is the supposedly is the supposed fungus cure, right? Mm. And that has been an outrage. It's the worst <laughs> story I've heard in my, my medical lifetime. Big mushrooms.
0: Um, That's a big that?
3: no <laughs> no I said big mushrooms. Yeah. So um that people feel yeah. like around. Anyway, so we have now a demonstrated increase in population-wide deaths of 40%. These are insurance company figures, and they come out of large databases in Germany and other places. So the, the people are dying, and this started in 2021, not in 2020. In 2020, the fungus started, right? And so for a year, we have the fungus and no theoretical uh, treatment for it. Or no, so And then they oh, rolled out this thing. Um, and the, the deaths increased. In 2020, awesome. the number of deaths had barely increased, if at all. In other words, population-wide mortality had barely increased. So it seems obvious to the sophisticated observers that the Jabbawockee, not the fungus, was the problem. And so, I mean, the, the, there are just substantial harms. We have this uh, database called the VAERS database, And that, I mean, that has 26,000 deaths right now due to the Jabbawocke. I mean, it's just crazy. Any other other treatment of that kind would have been thrown in the wastebasket after 5050 deaths. But we've got 26,000 documented ones. And this thing is an imperfect database. It's a voluntary reporting system. And basically, I mean, it it probably is underreported by 10 times. So there's probably 260,000 deaths. Doc, do you think more people
2: succumb to the Jabbawockee or to the fungus?
3: You know, in my mind, I think there's no doubt that the Jabbawockee killed more people than the fungus. But this is very hard to prove. The, uh, The fungus itself has been poorly characterized, poorly studied, and exaggerated over and over. And the funniest thing about this whole thing, I mean, it's funny in a black humor sort of way, we have people who are like Winnie the Pooh. Did you guys read Winnie the, Winnie the Pooh when you were little kids? Yeah, yeah I'm Winnie a kid. The Pooh. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh went around the circle three times before he figured out what was going on, right? And the little kids would understand what Winnie the Pooh should have realized before. Uh, you know, while, while they're watching this thing, by the second time around, the little kid's listening to the story and he says, Winnie the Pooh, you should know this. But well, we have these, these guys, including very influential doctors, uh, Dr. John Campbell. Who are finally uh, red pilling on the whole thing. And they're outraged. And it, it, what what it took to get them going was a document release by a, a company uh, that's there, you know, the, the company is, they're monsters. And there are a lot of people that have called them monsters. Let me, let me quote one of these for you. Oh, no, he got the quotes. Peter Ross, who is a former marketing vice president for this company. He said it's scary how many similarities there are between this industry and the mob. Obscene amounts of money, killings and deaths, bribing politicians and others. The difference is all of these people in the drug industry look upon themselves as law abiding citizens. However, when you get them together as a group, it's almost like when you have war atrocities. People do things they don't think they're capable of because a group can validate what you're doing is okay. Mm. And there's another guy. Problem, reaction, Perry solution. Warren. Mm-hmm. What's that problem reaction mm-hmm. solution. solution? Yeah another guy named uh, Harry Boyne who was a part famous he said controls. if we put horse manure in a capsule, we could sell to 95% of these doctors So that's their attitude towards us But that's true though
2: <laughs> people believe yeah. whatever they're sold to believe
3: The, the, the doctors are sheep and I got it but the people guys, are
2: what then if the doctors are sheep then what are the people?
0: we all sheep. We're all sheep. <laughs> We're all sheep. Um, the doctors
3: rolls. are the most elite intellectual, intellectually they're the most elite of any large group in America. There's 1 billion MDs in America and they've got an average IQ of 130, which is very high. We're very freaking smart, but they are conditioned with years of following the leader to believe the things that they're told and they're, they're, they're chickens. They, they, put, they put their careers together with many decades of work and they don't want to risk anything and they're they're afraid to tell the truth even when they know the truth but that's every that's almost every person in a high executive position Nurse. Nice. you
2: you know a lot of things that you are not allowed to tell people especially those at the bottom you and i both know this it's the code and you was part of that at one time too for sure well, I, I was ignorant before you yeah. got to add retired at the end.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's how you put it. Well, you're, you're right about one thing. I'm not a courageous guy because I don't have so much to lose right now. I don't have a career to lose. Mm. They can't take my license away.
0: You know, yeah. I mean,
3: it, it's just, I can tell the truth.
0: That's why it's different when they when you're in the field, I guess, you know? Yeah. You're, you're not in the house anymore. <laughs>
3: so you guys know that the FDA is the... Regulatory agency for pharma and for food, and they basically work together with the companies to fake the drug patent studies They use all these statistical tricks. They buy off their research subcontractors And my idea is that a lot of them have some guy with a baseball cap sitting in a basement in Pakistan <laughs> Who's a <the> research subcontractor? <laughs> now, I'm exaggerating to make a point, uh, but but the, anybody outside of this country I mean it's very hard to tell what they're up to, and if they say a drug doesn't work, they're never going to get another contract, right? Yeah. So who owns so, these companies? Oh, this is a, this is a great question. This is this is the you put the needle in right the 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 strangest thing about the whole thing. Okay, so two <laughs> large equity companies own 25 trillion of the corporate real estate. And one of them is called Vanguard, and the other is called BlackRock. Okay, I know both of them. Pfizer and Moderna, who are, uh, you know, fundus treatment companies, we'll put it like that. These two are over half owned by BlackRock. And the the, the leader of BlackRock is an absolutely insane, woke character. Uh, I think his name is Larry Fink. His last name is Fink, but I may have his first name wrong. And you can get online, and you can listen to what he says, and he is just absolutely crazy. (laughs) And he's promoting all kinds of stuff that's bad for small people like us. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the the trouble is that these companies, you know, BlackRock and Vanguard, they own each other. So, they're essentially a monolith, the two of them. They are, um, you know, it's a $25 trillion asset company. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, they own almost everything. A lot of stocks, too, in every company.
3: They're the main... That's right. You know, they have majority holdings in just about every company you can you imagine. And exactly. I don't know whether they own Even uh, Twitter. Google and Apple uh, the majority of Yeah, but they do. They, they certainly have huge stakes in them. You can't,
2: you can't buy stocks <laughs> really without going through Vanguard. No. That's how much stocks
3: they owe. Yeah. That's and right. Black... Well, there are other, there are other things like, buy. like Fidelity and so on that are that are not part of Vanguard. But I believe... Well, I believe Vanguard is bigger than BlackRock. But they're the same, they're the same company. They definitely ever. are. And BlackRock almost...
2: Owns more than 20% of the real estate in America right now. They're buying I up. I hope that's not
3: true. I don't know if
2: you you're wrong about that. Well, look it up. Look, look up BlackRock buying up real estate yeah. in America, especially mm. farming real estate. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the global elites are part of this group of people. And,
1: yeah, I'm not surprised at all, honestly. You know, that oh.
2: Breckershaw Hashaw, you mm. know, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, you're, the you're, Gates. You're, you guys
3: know about the Rothschilds?
1: Yeah, yeah of of I definitely know
3: about the Rothschilds. Yeah. Well, the Rothschilds I know they are them. more than 50% stakeholders in the Fed, as I understand it. The Fed is a private bank that you know that issues our currency, and these guys operate autonomously in the interest of the country. I mean, it's all Yeah, you the interest about, rate
2: goes up and down when they feel like it. What's that? The interest rate goes up and down when they feel like it. You heard about the $600 million debt that Detroit purposely put in certain neighborhoods so that black and brown families could lose their homes, and that's why Detroit looks like that now. It was purposely done, social engineering, and it's now coming out.
3: Well, I I don't think you guys are paranoid because there's a hell of a lot of bad stuff going on. I I almost believe anything these days. Anyway, I was just, going to bring up this idea of the global predators. <coughs> A friend of mine wrote this book. Um, Everybody's Everybody writing books, global, huh? The yeah. Global Predators. <laughs> the books that are. Reading is fundamental. he's one of the good podcast mm-hmm. sources. After you listen to your guys' uh, regards podcast, I, I recommend you go over and listen to Peter Breggett mm-hmm. and RFK Jr. Anyway, this guy dissected the thing early and he figured program. out what was going on probably a year and a half ago and published this book. I mean, I was just stunned when I read it. And it seems like a big thing to read, but you can read just the summary uh, timeline at the end.
2: uh... Mm. Doc, let me ask you a question, right? Because last night I was speaking to a nurse, right? And the nurse explained to me that there's almost like a stigma now that a lot of traveling nurses in particular are addicted to prescription drugs and that they've been stealing drugs from hospitals and that's why they don't let them into the count, room to count um,
3: medication. Or the medication.
2: Is that so? Oof. Is there like uh, trafficking going on in hospitals with prescription drugs?
3: Yeah. Well, I, I can't specifically address that regard, the part. And I, you know, uh, I know there are <laughs> nurses who get addicted to I'm, prescription drugs. Now it's BGD. What's that? No, 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 right. PG. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You okay, see. so you guys are aware of the opioid problem that developed after a single corporation, which was privately held, named Purdue. Yes. One family owned it. Um, they claimed that this Purdue, the, the life insurance company. They claimed that oxycontin was not addictive, and they publicized this idea. They sold it to medical boards. They they paid for the publication of. Uh, that nonsense into the medical literature, and the doctors were fooled. And what happened was, um, the wholesalers, you know, including McKesson and the other two big wholesalers, they jumped on, and so Purdue only ended up selling about 15% of the opioids, but the opioids became promiscuously prescribed, and When you expose an entire population to opioids, you know, like Demerol or heroin or any of those things, or like Mexican black tar heroin, or like Oxycontin, what happens is that 5% of us are slaves to that drug the rest of our lives. So they were not used cautiously. Now, Hmm. the good part of that story is after they killed 100,000 people a year in overdoses for, I mean, I don't know, probably five to seven years, um, Purdue was bankrupted um, two years ago, roughly, uh, by plaintiff's lawyers, uh, and they're one of only two drug companies that have been put out of business by lawyers. So federal prosecutors have never managed to do it. Um, they're basically, according to a book I read, called the Chicken Shit Club, they basically are, they, they pay off, they allow payoffs instead of uh, bankrupts bankruptcies, but they tore apart Purdue Pharma and another smaller opioid company called Insys. They're the only pharma companies that have been put out these <coughs> this whole mess. and this happened prior to the pan- pandemic.
0: Mm. Mm. Right before the pandemic. Oh yeah, right. I remember and So that. what
3: happened was, we addicted a whole nation of people to opioids. We were giving them out indiscriminately, and before that we were only giving out the opioids to, um, you know, people with cancer pain, terminal patients who were dying, acute problems right after surgery that was all that they were used for but then we started using them chronically and they'd give out a bottle of <coughs> several hundred of these things and you could smoke the damn stuff i mean it was you know they could you could snort it or smoke it or, or take it as a pill and the mexicans uh black tar heroin came in and some of those people as the prices shot up as the awareness became more obvious in the medical community that they made a huge mistake the the uh, Mexican black tar heroin was sold sometimes in the parking lots outside of the pill mills. I mean, it's just, it's a horrible story. Oh, yeah, I agree with summary of it thing. in, in Butchered by Healthcare. There, there are several good books written on it.
2: Opioids have the same chemical compounds as heroin, they said, so they switch in
3: between. Yeah. So these opioids, they, they attack, or they, they are used by the body in the same way, and they are used by a, a, a little receptor in, in the body called the opioid receptor. I'm not much smart about, smarter about it than that, part, but they, they tickle that opioid receptor and cause these characteristic high and nausea, vomiting, and withdrawal symptoms. And they're, they're usually rapidly addicted. I don't think that most of us are vulnerable to these things. I think what happened was they, they passed it out to everybody. And they made the standard that any anyone was a reasonable candidate for them for a headache or anything else. And so five percent of us or three percent of us or whatever are vulnerable to opioids, and we all got addicted. And so, and then you're sniffing around trying to find your next kid. You're you're doing illegal stuff. You sell all your assets and keep to keep your habit going. I mean that's how crazy it is.
0: Mm. Like
3: tobacco.
1: <laughs> nope <laughs>
3: Yeah, it took a while for them to take down Big Tobacco. Mm-hmm.
2: It took a while for for Big Tobacco to acknowledge the fact that they were killing people and nicotine was addictive.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you know the thing about this is, is we still have probably a hundred thousand overdoses a year in in America. So we caught the disease, and there's no easy way out of it. I mean, these people are screwed. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're they think about nothing but uh, but the next the next hit. Keep it real, and it's it. We just, somehow, are chemically vulnerable to it.
2: But now they got Narcan, the thing that they spray up your nose. Okay,
3: so this is another crazy story. They they made up these uh, Narcan-based compounds, or similar compounds to Narcan, Mm -hmm. and they sell these syringes to um, addicts, and they sell them to treatment centers, and they sell them to high schools and everyone else. For four thousand dollars a syringe, I mean it's just crazy. They've patented the ability to sell it <laughs> I mean, It's just, it's just, one, that, and this one stuff thing course, is a
0: flip. It costs what? around fifteen cents if you buy it in a you, little bag. Fifteen cents to four thousand? Wow.
3: Yeah, and so <laughs> they, they, I mean, there's a lot of nasty stories around the opioids and all that. I mean, that's, that, that it, it's crazy. And then they have the. Withdrawal treatment programs that have turned into a big boondoggles for pharmaceutical companies too. We have this stuff called Suboxone. You know, yeah. you guys have heard of methadone. Sub, yeah, you know,
2: methadone Suboxone. Yeah, it basically yeah. supposed to wean you off of the heroin by giving exactly. you small, small, but small,
3: Suboxone, smaller doses. Methadone is obviously is oral, and you can go off methadone. And it takes I don't know a week, ten days to get off. It, to, to get off heroin, it takes three days, right? You get the sweats, you lock them in the room. They're going to come out in three days, and they're going to be a little pale, but they're going to be fine. Oh, wow. Methadone is at least a week, might be a month. Suboxone is much longer. And so they actually manufactured a drug that was more addictive in order to treat an addiction. I mean, the, the sensible thing would be to get rid of these people who, who uh, have the have the husband to, to give us a drug that's worse than the original drug. In theory, it doesn't cause a high, so maybe it's not as uh, abusable. Uh, but it's, it's, Suboxone is a, is a nasty, nasty idea, and it's very freaking expensive. Paid for by insurance, support. See, it all is a web of deceit.
0: Always goes back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually work at a mental health shelter um, for the mentally ill, chemically addicted. Um, I'm the clinical director there, ironically. And we had a client recently that took us, sh- that went and got methadone, and then he took heroin right after, which caused him to have a seizure. Which then he overdosed while having a seizure. It's crazy. I'm like wow. wow, but it's basically like he wanted that stronger high.
3: Yep. Yeah.
2: And yeah, suboxone
3: can be abused, but it's not apparently a very uh, pleasant high.
2: Yeah. And mm-hmm. suboxone, I know sometimes when the clients suffer from schizophrenia and they don't want to take their regular medication, they'll come in there and shoot them with it. And it makes them like like dull for like a long period of time. And sometimes they'll put on heavy weight or sometimes like they, their, their mouth will drool or their mouth will be real dry and it makes them almost look like a vegetable. And they'll say like they don't like the way it makes them feel, but it takes them a very long time. To to like actually go back to functioning
0: is is
3: everything Picard, you deal with these psychiatric drugs all the time. Maybe I should just go over how evil they all are and <laughs> how crazy psychiatry is. I mean, and I, I'm not I'm not making a joke here. They are they are literally off the rockers. What they they've got these drugs that don't work and are tremendously toxic, and they, you know that you can't. They they haven't developed uh, uh, studies that show they work, and we've got four categories of these drugs, right? We've got the SSRIs like Prozac and those things cause violence, you know, (coughs) the acesthesia, you know, the the incredible restlessness some people have. And some people think, some observers think that they're responsible for a lot of the school shootings and the mass murders is is people who are having acesthesia from uh, the Prozac class drugs. There there are entire huge groups of people that think the psychiatry should not be in business at all. And I'm not just talking about the Scientologists. And they, they somehow figured it out early. And, uh, and I think they're right. I think that the, the psychiatrists are basically doing harm. And if we didn't have these medicines, we'd be in better shape. And you probably are aware, Ricard, that these, these Indies, these psychiatric problems, before we had these drugs, they waxed and waned. They got better and they got worse. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you're crazy, you're not crazy all the time. But <laughs> since we have the drugs, it turned all these things chronic. And the the onset of the heavy medication use, it coincided precisely with the onset of everybody getting on these welfare programs and disability. And a lot of people think that was causal. In other words, it caused it. The, the drugs caused the problem because it turns all these things crime. So you go on. We've got amphetamine-style drugs like Ritalin, and we've got a third of the Ivy League kids have prescriptions for them. You know, they use it to study for tests and all this stuff and their friends can all get it and we have rat models where it shrinks their brains. I mean it's not, it's not a good thing. Wait I never we, got we, that we, though the whole thing with Ritalin. Why do people take
2: Ritalin to study for for tests? I don't get it.
3: Well interestingly it seems it has this uh, strange effect where it speeds you up if you're, if you're slow and it slows you down if you're speeded up and <laughs> so that's the theory and once they it got through matter. all the kids and they diagnosed uh, some huge number, 10% of the kids in the country with ADHD or whatever it is, 17 or 18% of us are on cyclones, right? Mm. And so, in some areas of Louisiana, there's 40% of the little kids in school, the boys, who are, you know, they're active kids who want to go chasing around alligators or something. They put them on these drugs because the teachers weren't docile. Um, so, so, we we... we you sound anyway, like Dr. Umar John. Um, they, they were used in World War II for the kamikaze pilots to, to drive their ship, their, you know, they make people crazy enough to do that, drive their plane into an American ship. And, um, hmm. then, then we have the typical antipsychotics, like it was the first one, I believe. Those things shorten lifespan by 10 to 20 years. And it's just, it's well known. Wow. It, it gives you diabetes and heart disease. and. What's the, other, what's the other class
2: of drugs? But they say all the yeah. side effects of a the commercial. They just say it very fast.
0: Yeah. They usually have the side effects at the bottom. You know, cause headache, cause nausea, cause Di- the- Di- <laughs> diarrhea, <Yeah>. dry mouth. <laughs> you might gain weight, you might lose weight, you might get
2: a heart attack up until death. They oh. say it on there. There's only
3: two countries in the world that allow direct-to-consumer advertising. That's the United States. Everybody thinks it's bad news. The United States and New Zealand, all the rest of them ban it. Is against the law. So you know you're, you're 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 trying to train people to go into the doctor and say I need some Zyprexa. I think I think I have a. <clears throat> have you ever heard of the, the chemical alteration of the brain that Prozac fixes? Have you ever heard of that story?
2: Mm-mm.
3: No, tell us real quick.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, most people have heard this one. They, they claim that the marketing line was that Prozac fixes a chemical imbalance in the brain, right, or the other drugs, yes, the SSRIs, right. mm-hmm. or the. Atypical antipsychotics, or whatever, but anyway, that was invented in a marketing department of a drug company. It was not; it was not based in any fact, and it's just it's thought by the scientists to be a ridiculous idea. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow! All
0: yeah, right. It,
3: it, it, so,
2: to close out, what would you want to leave the people with? Because we're getting to the time that for us to close out. Well, I, I would. I,
3: the most important thing today is. Um, I think that you should question what you're being told. I don't think you should believe a word of the mainstream media. There's a, a Substack uh, thing, which is a blog platform that I'm on that is uncensored. It's uh, Substack.com, and my blog is Robert Yoho Substack, robertyoho dot And uh, text I me the links. I'll room. put the links in the description. Okay, <laughs> thanks. But you you have to start somewhere, and you can read my books, they're inexpensive, um, and that'll that'll help you, uh, uh, you know, figure out the medical world, and my sub stack will help you figure out the fungus, and then there are references everywhere in that material that you can you can look further, but you, you definitely don't want to believe the medical literature. I mean, we have a recent study on one of the uh, supposed treatments for the fungus. They claimed it didn't work, and they used doses that were tiny. That was... Two months ago, when doing the Journal of Medicine, well, I call that the formerly, <coughs> formerly the best medical journal in the, in the world, but now it's just a freaking painted or like the rest of uh, the the journals, and <laughs> you know they're they're basically shelling for the uh, the companies. So uh, I would say question authority, and if the, the the best people in this world have a strong nose for BS, and I can tell you guys do, and you you don't believe what you're told, no, you just gotta no, no. look and and question and be sure of what you're seeing before you before you swallow anything. And uh, even on the right side me. of the argument, there are there are people that have gone way too far, and they think you know they're all, they're practically watching flying saucers coming out of the air and uh, attacking. <laughs> you know, you you know the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you've got to carefully filter and find those sources. They like my books are good, and then uh, the substack is another great place to to look. And podcasts are good too because you have an idea of the. Uh, intelligence and the truthfulness of the people who are talking. You, know, mm. you you just have an interpersonal layer that you can employ. You know your 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 ability to judge people to be brought in, and and you can't t- tell as much out of a medical journal article. So, doc- so you're not talking to somebody face to face. So, mm-hmm. Doctor yo, show them your, book,
2: your books one more time and tell them where they can find your books at. Okay, so these.
3: Easiest, easy. I'm no great lover of Amazon.
1: I like your black books. Color.
3: You can find on Amazon for $3 from Kindle. You can buy a hardcover for $15 or something like that. They're not horribly expensive. Hormone Secrets and Butchered by Healthcare. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you letting me uh, advertise, guys. It's not like I make a lot of money. I'm a break-even. <laughs>
0: uh, we appreciate you putting the yeah. truth out there
3: man yeah and we're
2: also a 501c3 nonprofit charity so you can donate to the real world dollar sign the real world inc so
1: check us out I'm gonna send you the links <laughs> okay. mm, yeah. All right. closing thoughts gentlemen you know my closing thought is you know actually my closing thought is I really did have experience in the medical field but I'm gonna just keep it short the experience I had You know, I I had this doctor and they tried to give me pills, right? And I had my parents with me too. I had my mother, it was my mother, and my mother was like, Oh, take the pill, take the pill. like I looked at my mother then in the eye and during that age I already stepped up to my father, so I was like, Yeah, you know how making me eat this you know, I'm not taking this pill just because you tell me to and I knew the culture. But I never took it but I think I knew I knew it was like I knew a lot of things before my time but it's just that I ain't know what I knew before my time but yeah it's a good thing I ain't take none of them bills <laughs> I was to take none of them because I looked at my mother and that doctor in the eye and I really I looked at the doctor like yo you Haitian you try to give me this like what's wrong with you like the Haitian doctor that, yeah, that's that, how
2: that diagnosed me with COVID. yeah for real
1: <laughs> that, that's how I looked at that doctor I'm like yo look you Haitian and hey, you out here playing my mom but it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, look, look, sometimes, you But know, they signed the oath. It's the a oath. business. Yeah, it's a business, but I feel like, <laughs> like, I was young. I was young, and I wasn't, you know, like, I I not always say I was knowledgeable, but it was like, at the time, you know, I was a high head, so. Right. I wasn't really looking at it that way, but at the same time, I'm like, why am I about to take this because you tell me to take it? Like, like, mm-hmm. hell no. Yeah. And, you know, like, yo, I'm like, I still looked at pill like a drug, too, even back when I was younger. I wasn't gonna do that like a drug. I'm like, why am I about to take this? I
0: don't know what I don't know what this is. I don't know the side effects, none of that like <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Come on, closing thought? and yeah, my closing thought is um definitely, you know, happy Easter weekend to everybody. And from my perspective, um faith is important. We have a lot of doctors, you know, doing their jobs and We can't blame them. Everybody has to hustle somehow. We got to put food on the table. But um, mental health comes from, you know, also faith. You know, you got a strong faith. I find you'll have a much more peaceful day. And God gave us everything we needed. You know, we got all the herbs on the planet already. We don't need secondary drugs. That's kind of like the high. But what I know one thing about highs is, you know, it just makes a bigger fall, so. Yeah. try to take care of yourself stay level-headed have faith but, but mm-hmm. the one thing is though
1: i mean we all gotta go up and down but you know mm-hmm. that the true 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 stand-ups mm-hmm. you know you go always watch back man mm-hmm. ain't no big deal oh yeah one last thing you know read man like if you wanna read you ain't gonna go nowhere like bro mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's honesty
2: mm-hmm. one last question for the doctor what about when the, when it comes to schools because it's the schools that's telling you more, majority of the time to inject their kids with the poison so yeah. how do you get
0: around that? That's a good question
1: yeah how do you get around that <laughs> that's a very Look, good you
0: know
1: you just can't take the risk you've got a homeschool
3: or you got to leave the state I'm sorry that's, that's my opinion I mean it's and again yeah. let's the- <laughs>
1: keep it real I'm not sur- sur- I'm surprised by your answer because I'm
3: yeah. It's too risky. I mean, it is. It's, 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 it's too many risk.
1: contracts behind, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, closed doors of where you can't it You go to another town, you might see the same thing. So homeschooling is probably the best practice. That's, That's real. But who got the time and money to do that? That's why you gotta. You well, know, there are
3: online, there are online resources that make it a lot cheaper, a lot easier now, and an awful lot. You know, 20 percent more are homeschooling than there were a year ago. That's a huge increase. Mm-hmm.
1: Me, I don't think it's really that hard to homeschool. I personally don't think I think it's gonna be better now to homeschool because it's like, but you gotta be able to have the time to do it with yeah, your kid. That's the only thing. If it's you could, if you could have somebody to do the time to do that, I think you do got the resource to really homeschool kids. It's just somebody have to have the time. that the gotta only, work from home. That's the only difference. <laughs> but I don't. I personally think it's not hard to do it because, like, come on, like, there's a the. It, we got technology all around us, and with technology, you're going to literally learn a lot of things for free with no cost. So with yeah. that source, you literally could pass that information down to your kids, but like we all said, you got to have the time to do it. I got to appreciate you keeping it real. He's like, just, just homeschooling,
0: man. Don't or take home, the chance. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: mean, I, I I'm not
0: surprised. Man. That was a thought. Homeschool might be a real thing. Then. Any <laughs> other
1: school, Any school you go to is... There's some type of walkiness mm. that you have to deal with. You can't escape it. They got to follow yeah, the yeah, rules. Yeah. Somebody make you sign deals and all these other stuff. <laughs> to mm.
2: So special shout out to Dr. Robert <coughs> Noho, all the way from California that came and joined us today. Yeah. Doctor, did you have fun
3: with us today? It was interesting, right? Mm. It was different? Oh, I thought it was great. Um, when Tell me when it's to cut, and then I've got a couple of ideas for you. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Alright, um so we thank you for joining us today.
2: We thank all of you for joining us. Shout out to everybody that's been watching, shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that follow us on Instagram. That's at The Real Word Ministries, Inc. on Instagram. That's at The Real Word Ministries, Inc. on Instagram. Shout out to everybody that follow us on Facebook. That's www.facebook.com backslash The Real Word 7. That's The Real Word 7, like Mike Vick. Shout out to everybody that subscribe to us on YouTube. That's www.youtube.com backslash The Real Word TV. The Real Word TV, one word on YouTube. Also, check us out on podcasts on Apple. Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Pandora. We're also on the Brick Network every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 noon, 1 a.m. and 4 p.m. So we thank you for joining us. We thank you for all the love and support. We close we out with a prayer. Ideas. Doctor, do you pray or no? I do. Okay, so pray, pray for us to close. We usually close out, out with a prayer. You? We're waiting for you to pray, Doctor. I'll let you guys do no, the guests always prays. That's how we do it. <laughs> well, I want, I want to
3: uh, thank uh, thank everyone for, uh, for the friendship and the fellowship that we've displayed today. And I, I hope we can uh, go through and be brave and do what we have to do in the future to, uh, to keep our uh, to keep our, our country and the world uh, free from these horrible problems. Thank you. Amen.
0: <laughs> okay, okay,
2: okay. Thank you very much, Dr. Child, to you. Stay in touch, doctor. Don't be a stranger
3: now that you got friends in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. I, look, I really appreciate it. My, my son lives in Brooklyn. And oh, wow. Him over. He's a character. <laughs> wow. So, and he just went back last night. He was, he was here. Now, we're, we're cut, right? Oh. Um, Hold on one second. It's the wheel. It's the wheel.